SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three of the morning after on this Tuesday, right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, but it's not just simply a Tuesday here on the morning after, and it's not simply just a happy hour in our third and final hour. It is March, so it is the happiest of hours for the best month in the calendar year because March is madness, and we break that all down here in this next hour right now on TMA. And we begin in our West Coast wake-up. Coming up later in this third hour, Megan Payton joins us for a little Megan Payton madness looking at college basketball, and then the NFL never stops. Just yesterday, we had some huge news out of Arizona as it pertains to the quarterback market and Kyler Murray. And then, of course, we will have the pro capper himself, Bill Krakenberger, one of the smartest and the sharpest in the industry who loves betting college basketball and is very good at handicapping college hoops. He'll join us to round out this third hour. But I mentioned it. The start of it is the West Coast wake-up. And because it is the start of the month of March, our focus is on the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, as some would have you believe. Number 17 UCLA, who plays their basketball out in L.A., was on the road last night up in the Pacific Northwest, taking on the Washington Huskies. And UCLA continues to win basketball games after losing to Oregon last week. They have won two straight since that loss to the Oregon Ducks, and they have covered in both of those games, including last night on the road against UW, winning 77-66. UCLA, based on that loss last week to Oregon, dropped five spots in the AP poll down all the way to number 17 but since that loss to Oregon on Thursday night losing outright as a three-point favorite on the road in Eugene UCLA has bounced back two straight wins two straight covers last night a nine-point favorite against Washington and UCLA easily covering that number they have also gone over in these two most recent wins and covers as well a huge night for Jaime Hawkes, who you probably remember from last year's run for UCLA, from the first four to the final four. 30 points last night to lead all scores. And as it pertains to UCLA, you heard Kevin Walsh mention some of the metrics that Kenneth Pomeroy uses in terms of evaluating basketball teams. Well, those efficiency ratings, both offensively, defensively, and for your team overall, carry weight of success in the NCAA tournament. Over the last decade, teams have had to have at least one unit, offensively or defensively, rank in the top 50 to eventually be a national champion. Oftentimes, both of those units rank inside the top 15 or top 25, and that is certainly the case right now for UCLA, the 10th best team in the Ken Palm efficiency ratings with, I believe, as I pull this up here to double check, they have the 15th most efficient offense in the 10th most efficient defense in college basketball, an incredibly balanced unit, and they are plus 550 right now to reach the Final Four once again, the 11th best odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But it doesn't stop right there for the Pac-12 and UCLA. A big game tonight for number two Arizona on the road in Los Angeles against number 16 USC, a top 20 matchup in which the Wildcats 
are a four and a half point favorite in LA tonight. The over under stands at 150. We'll get an updated look at those odds as you can see here on your screen in just a moment. Arizona staying at number two in the country as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Happy hour on the first day of March here on the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. So as we look at the odds tonight for USC and Arizona, we look back on this weekend. First, the Wildcats staying at number two in the AP poll, despite a loss to Colorado on the road on Saturday, in which Arizona was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The Cats have only covered once in their last four games but prior to the loss to Colorado on Saturday Arizona had won nine straight they've only been a single digit favorite of which they are tonight against USC five times this year they did not cover as a single digit favorite against Colorado but they have covered in three of those other four games now USC saw no movement in that AP poll you just saw despite the fact that the Trojans have won six straight games including two outright as an underdog in which they did against Oregon on the road in Eugene on Saturday. In fact, USC has covered in three straight as an underdog, including against these very Arizona Wildcats on February 5th as an 11-point dog. USC lost that game by nine, but good teams win and great teams cover, and the Trojans covered that 11-point spread in Tucson. In fact, when you look at the metrics, USC is a perfect 5-0 and against the spread as an underdog this year, and they are winning in outright in four of those five covers they have won outright in every cover except that cover against Arizona so as we look at the Pac-12 prospects overall and some of those Pac-12 teams and their success may be translatable to the NCAA tournament is translatable a word or did I just come up with it we will never know but as we look at those teams in Arizona in UCLA and USC also keep an eye on the Oregon Ducks. It's a point I will make with Megan Payton when we get into Megan Payton madness coming up in our next segment. But Arizona, plus 165 to reach the Final Four, the third best odds in the entire country. UCLA, the 11th best price at plus 550. USC, some value still in the marketplace for a team that made an Elite Eight run this past year at 17-1 to and then Oregon, 30-1. to We'll get more into the Pac-12. College Hoops overall up next here on the morning after on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In this month, you have heard of March Madness, but have you heard of Megan Payton Madness? Because that's what we bring you here on the morning after and Sirius XM Channel 159 right here, right now. All across the Sports Grid Network, one of the best contributors we have for the Spiz Grizz family. It is the one we know as MP. Megan Payton joining the show once again to help us take a look at the madness now in the month of March. Megan Payton, an alum of Pepperdine University, the WCC <laughs> tournament starting in just a couple of days. Are we rolling with the waves? 
You know, I want to roll with the waves. Waves are struggling a little bit on the men's side of things. Maybe we look over and kind of root for the women here. But uh, yeah. no, I, I, I got to root for the waves. It's just it's not been yeah. it's not been the best best year for them. But I like I the mean, nicknames the keep getting you know better and better each week. So I'm going to keep coming back. That's what we do. When you're a part of the Sports Grid family, truly MP, we give you nicknames at every time. Of course, the West Coast Conference Tournament is a tough one to win when you have Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco, Santa Clara. And speaking of those two top seeds in the Gales of St. Mary's and the Gonzaga Bulldogs, Megan, you were just telling me as we got back from break, what a wild weekend that we saw where St. Mary's pulled off the upset over Gonzaga, one of the seven teams in the AP Top 10 last week, to lose on the same exact day. So do you think the madness has already begun now on the first day of March? The madness has been going on. And we, as you just said, last weekend was crazy. And that's why you want to start watching basketball, college basketball before March, because it gets fun. And now it's only going to get more mad and crazy. But I'm excited. It's officially the first day of March. We're getting closer and closer to the actual madness that is going to occur. And that's my favorite part about college basketball is just watching these crazy upsets and seeing what's going to happen because you never really know. Megan, you know my stance on it. You should watch college basketball all year long. Everybody mm -hmm. out there. But there certainly is a greater fervor and enthusiasm by the time you get to late February. And that's only amplified in the month of March. And you can tell that in the play on the court. It just gets that much more insane which we love that much more. And now it's a celebration, right? In the month of March, it's a ceremonious week in certain parts of the country as well, as in Durham, North Carolina, because it's the final week of the regular season in the final season for Coach Mike Krzyzewski at the helm of Duke men's basketball. And Megan, I believe it's time to have the Duke discussion here on the morning after with you. Duke right now, plus 240 to reach the final four, the fifth best price on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Blue Devils also 12-1 to 1 to win the national championship, the fifth best number on the FanDuel Sportsbook as well. Megan, it would seem the odds and the narratives are setting Duke up for a run here in the month of March. Absolutely. And, you know, I like Duke for the Final Four. Absolutely. But here's the thing I'm kind of interested at is, like, I don't love the value at plus 240 because, mm. yes, I do think that Duke has a good shot. But at the same time, I mean, they haven't been, made the Final Four since 2015. Now, there's a lot at Great stake, point. I think. Obviously, the storyline this season and this week is going to be Coach K's last home game, one of the, you know, best basketball coaches in NCAA history. So I've heard the ticket prices for that game are absolutely yeah. insane. So I do like the Duke discussion, and I do think that Duke will probably and has a good shot at making the Final Four, but I feel like the value is a little bit off. Plus 240, it's not the best payout. Yeah, and absolutely, when you look at Duke's price throughout the year, it has been shorter than this to win the national championship, at least, but the market has worked in Duke's favor over the last couple of weeks. In a down ACC this year, Duke is clearly a step ahead in front of everybody. That plus 240 price for the Blue Devils to make the Final Four is over $35 better than Notre Dame at 38-1, to who has the second-best price to reach the Final Four out of the ACC that goes to show where this conference is at the moment and yes Saturday night 
against North Carolina in Durham, inside Cameron Indoor. Ticket prices are going to be insane, as is the game that we can hope for. Also, Megan, in my neck of the woods, the Big Ten Conference, the Big Ten title is on the line tonight in Madison between 10th-ranked Wisconsin and 8th-ranked Purdue. And Wisconsin's at home, Megan. And with a win tonight, the Badgers clinched the Big Ten regular season crown, yet they are a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home against the Boilermakers. An interesting number, don't you think? It is an interesting number because Purdue lost at home against Wisconsin earlier this season. Now they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. So I think it's interesting, but I do like Purdue here because – Obviously, they're coming off a rough loss to Michigan State. They want to get back into that one-seed conversation. So, you know, I'm saying I think Purdue's going to win and cover here. They have been one of the top teams in the country from distance. They were cold last week. I think we're going to see some improvement. It does surprise me, but I still like Purdue here. And the market is moving in MP's favor. Now, three points in favor of the Boilers on the road tonight in Madison. And Megan, you bring up a great point because that's the context perspective we need for this week. Obviously, a regular season championship in the Big Ten is huge, but also positioning for the NCAA tournament. For Wisconsin, if they win tonight and they pull off the upset outright at home and they continue to play well into the Big Ten tournament, there's a chance Wisconsin could be a one seed. If Purdue is able to win tonight and then win over the weekend against Indiana, they could position themselves to potentially be on that one line or at least a firm two seed for the NCAA tournament. All of that is taken into account. And the numbers would back up Wisconsin tonight. Six and two against the spread as an underdog. All six covers outright wins including the one that Megan just mentioned earlier in the Big Ten campaign on the road in West Lafayette when Wisconsin won outright against Purdue as a 12-and-a-half-point underdog, which makes their value, Megan, in my opinion, to win the national championship right now quite appealing. I tweeted this out yesterday. 100-1, to Wisconsin, to win the national championship. The number 10 team in the country. A win away from being a Big Ten regular season title winner and potentially in line for a number one seed at 100 to 1. That was yesterday. I feel, Megan, as though I have moved the market because now this morning, Wisconsin is 90 to 1 to win the national championship. I take great pride in being able to hopefully move the market a little bit. I think they're listening to you, Ben. I like it. I mean, you never know. And that's, again, that's what we keep saying. That's the fun thing about college basketball is you don't know what's going to happen. But, I, you know, the value, obviously, is amazing there. So I, I'm going to listen to Ben here. And I think I think FanDuel is also. When's the last time the 10th-ranked team in the country in the final AP poll of the regular season was 101 to win the national championship. I think there is value, but I am also rooting for Purdue tonight because on the first weekend that sports betting was legal here online in New York. I placed a bet for Purdue to win the Big Ten at plus 480 after a one-in-two conference start for the Boilermakers. Hoping to cash that ticket or at least have a chance to do so after a game in Madison tonight. Quickly here, Megan, you are out in Los Angeles. The Pac-12 has a huge game out in L.A. tonight. USC and Arizona What do you make of the Pac-12 and some of the best teams entering this month of March? Well, we know Arizona played 
really, really bad against Colorado. Now, it could have just yeah. been a bad day for them. As we said, a lot of upsets happening, but a lot of turnovers, which is concerning. The shooting wasn't there. They should not have lost that bad to Colorado. Now, we look at this game, four-and-a-half-point favorites against USC. Arizona, again, fighting for that one seed. I think it's going to mm. be closer than we think. I think Arizona is going to come up on top, but I wouldn't be surprised if USC, USC was able to cover here. But I like Arizona as the favorite for the Pac-12. Trojans 5-0 and against the spread as an underdog this year. Perfect. One of the best cover percentages in all of the country. We get on the grid iron with megan payton up next to look at the nfl because it never stops stay with us right here on sports sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com In this month of March, college basketball, the NBA regular season home stretch, hopefully baseball very soon, but the NFL never, never stops. And the offseason continues to churn across the National Football League. And we look at that right now on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, joined by Megan Payton for a second straight segment. She is a SportsGrid contributor. You can see a lot of her work through a video perspective on SportsGrid social media channels, including one known as Get On The Grid Iron. So we look at the NFL right now. And Megan, over the last couple of weeks, you've been on the show. We've looked at the quarterback uncertainty and maybe had some fun with the quarterback markets that might soon become available. That does not seem like it will be the case in Arizona because there was a fractured relationship, it appeared, between Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. It still might not be great, but Kyler, through a statement and his agent yesterday, reiterating his desire to be the franchise quarterback for the Cardinals and that he wants to stay there long term to help them get to a Super Bowl. But it's got to make sense financially for Kyler it was a long statement Megan did you read all of it and then what did you make of that statement it was really long Ben I mean I I'd say I definitely skimmed through all of it and then yeah, you know happened. I kind of read the articles that went along with it but I understand Kyler Murray's perspective and his agent they're trying to get him the best deal and I know and I believe that he does want to stay in Arizona it's a little bit of an ultimatum, though. Do you think, like, when I see right. that, I'm going, all right. He knows, though, that the Cardinals, they're kind of in a tough situation because, well, what are they going to do? We talk about the NFC so much and the quarterback uncertainty around the whole conference. Well, Arizona's got, I mean, at least a better quarterback than most right now. Are they really going to let Kyler Murray go somewhere else or are they going to let him sit out? I think that he knew that and his agent knew that when they came out with this very lengthy statement and they're using it to their advantage. Now, I don't necessarily think it was probably the best look for Kyler Murray, but at the same time, they've got to do what they got to do, and he wants a deal, and he wants, you know, a long-term commitment from the Cardinals organization. 
Very fine print as well in this statement, almost needing a magnifying glass to read everything, but there were a couple of sentences that were bolded. Like at the top, one, his priority list, he absolutely wants to be your, as in Arizona's, long-term quarterback. He desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. And then the other bolded line down there near the bottom was part of that ultimatum that Megan was referencing. Actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business so yeah like pay me and then i'll be here in arizona for some time to come and it makes sense kyler coming off of his rookie quarterback contract where teams can take advantage of a smaller price they have to pay thus when the quarterbacks get to the top end of the market it becomes a very different discussion and megan you mentioned where arizona stacks up in a loaded nfc right now that seems very up in the air especially based on the odds even at this point on the first day of the month of March because Arizona is 13 to 1 right now in the NFC tied for the fifth shortest odds to win next year's conference championship they have the third best odds out of the four teams from the NFC West division so if Kyler Murray is in place what does that do for the Cardinals in your mind I think it brings it up for sure but at the same time I mean we can't ignore the obvious Kyler Murray was not perfect last season I mean That playoff game, not great. So he really doesn't have necessarily the value that some of these top quarterbacks bring. And so that's what's a little bit concerning when you hear statements like this come out. I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't gotten his deal figured out yet. And I don't think Kyler Murray's in that level yet. Now, it is surprising because... To me, I think that Kyler Murray knows that he wants to be in Arizona. So does he want to start this kind of ugly situation? Probably not. And so I think that they're just trying to get what's best for him and also, of course, protect him if he were to get injured. And the type of quarterback that he is, that could very well be the case. So I think that the value, you know, for the Cardinals winning the NFC, if Kyler Murray does stay, then the odds are going to be a little bit more in the Cardinals' favor with him there. But at the same time, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. He's not going to change it so much at this point. Yeah, I would agree. I think that price at 13-1 to 1 does take into account that Kyler might be a little bit frustrated right now, but he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals next year. And look at that list of teams that we see. And Megan's been on the last couple of weeks, and last week it was before Aaron Rodgers' highly anticipated appearance on the Pat McAfee show. A couple of weeks ago, it was reacting to the news that Tom Brady had announced his retirement at this moment. And the Bucks are tied with the Cardinals at 13-1 to 1 for the fifth best odds. The Packers, the Niners, and the Cowboys all at six to one really the Rams seem to be the most solidified of the teams at plus 450 Sean McVay saying he is not pursuing any TV opportunities so Megan I look at this list and I have to lean with the Rams here despite the fact they're the favorite I'm not saying there's value on Los Angeles but it makes sense their odds are the shortest ones on this board not only being the Super Bowl champions in which they are and having some of that consistency hopefully coming back from this past season, although a lot of free agency things need to be ironed out in the next coming weeks when free agency begins for L.A., but you're not entirely sure about Green Bay at the moment. It's Trey Lance in San Francisco, it seems. The Cowboys have won three playoff games in the last 25 years. I'm not tying myself to that ticket here in March. And again, Arizona and Tampa Bay, we don't necessarily know what this offseason might hold. That's why the Rams, in my mind, 
are the favorites, and it makes sense that they are plus 450. I'd agree with that. I, I mean, I definitely see why the Rams are at plus 450. They are, you know, Super Bowl champs, and yet they will have to figure out a lot of their free agent issues. And as we've said, you know, leading into the Super Bowl was how much money and how much all in they kind of went this year. So how is that going to look as we enter the 2022 season? Well, it might change. Is OBJ going to come back? What about Von Miller? There are some questions in Los Angeles, but there's a lot of questions in the NFC as a whole. So to me, I like the Rams, but I still really like the Packers at plus 600 because I'm still saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in Green Bay. I think the value is a little bit better there. And as we know, you know, getting to going through Green Bay, if they, you know, win their division, if they are the top seed in the NFC, it's hard to win at Lambeau Field. It certainly is, and the Packers have been the number one seed the past two years. It hasn't benefited them to this point, but I agree with Megan as well. Plus 600 right now. I think if Aaron Rodgers confirms he's coming back, that price probably gets just a tad shorter on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But we know of Tom Brady's retirement at the moment. Ali Marpet, another member of that Bucks offensive line who announced his retirement over the weekend, a Pro Bowl guard for the Bucks, Megan. It's an NFC South that you know very well that seems to be very up in the air this next season. All of the prices right now to win the NFC South next year, the Bucks at plus 145, the Saints at plus 240, the Panthers at plus 350, and the Falcons even at plus 490, all relatively close, I think, because this division is going to look very different than it has over the past couple of seasons and even over the past decade or so. Absolutely. The NFC South, to me, and I'm biased, but I always thought it was decently competitive. And then, you know, obviously Saints had a few good years there and then Tom Brady goes to the Bucks. That makes it even more interesting. But now it's probably the most uncertain division in the NFL because the quarterback situation at all four of those teams, honestly, is up in the air. And then you just mentioned the Bucks. They've got a ton of changes happening on offense. And I start to think about some of their free agents and what's going to happen there. And even I think about Gronk. Is he going to go back into retirement now that his buddy Tom Brady isn't coming back most likely? What are they going to do at the tight end situation? What are they going to do with the wide receiver group? Are they going to bring Godwin back? They have a ton of decisions to make when it comes to free agency, and they need to find a way to get an upper hand if they want to be, you know, still contenders like they have been the past couple seasons with Brady. Your bias for the NFC South is very well understood. And free agency for the players in the NFL starts in just a couple of weeks in the middle of March. But we've seen free agency for sports broadcasters around the NFL so far. There have been reports that tie Troy Aikman now to Monday Night Football. And your dad, Megan, in Sean Payton, is a name that's being floated around the TV circles as well. Any breaking news updates you want to give to us here on The Morning After? You know, I wish I had breaking news for you. I really don't. Ah. But as much as much as it's going to be a crazy year on the field, I think it is going to be different when we listen to games and who's going to be calling them, who's going to be announcing. It's going to look different, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Aikman, what happens at Amazon, what happens at Fox. You know, I'd love my dad to get 
back into, you know, do some TV stuff. Kyle, you know, he'll learn. It's a little bit harder than it looks, but I think he'd be really good at it. So I'm, I'm interested what happens there. And I, I mentioned this to you, but I'd like to get him on the grid. I mean, hey, he was on the grid during Super Bowl week, live on Radio Row on the early line, too, alongside Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. I think Sean Payton, NFL or Sports Grid's NFL analyst, sounds pretty good to me, Megan. What do you think? I like it. I mean, I'm a fan of it for sure. I said as long as I can keep coming on the show and he doesn't That's take guaranteed. my role, I'm all for it. No, that's a guarantee because I like Sean. He seems like a great guy from the small conversation we had, but he wasn't also breaking down college basketball. Megan Payton Madness, MP, all across the Sports Grid Network. Megan, thank you for the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. This third and final hour is a very happy hour, and it is a very happy month now into March for college basketball. The madness has already begun, and it only ratchets up now in this month. The final week of the regular season for the high major conferences around the country. Conference tournaments for our mid-major programs and leagues have already begun as well. It is a great time for college basketball. It is a great time, if you can, to try to find some value throughout the FanDuel Sportsbook as well, whether on a nightly basis for these very impactful regular season finale-type games or in the futures market as well. And a board that we've discussed here and a conference we've looked at a few times here on the morning after on this Tuesday has been the Pac-12. A big game tonight in the Pac-12 out in Southern California between USC, number 16 in the country, and number two, Arizona. But they also translate well to the NCAA tournament. Last year, USC made a run to the Elite Eight. Arizona hasn't been to the tournament, or at least wasn't a season ago, but as the number two team in the country, certainly their prospects this year out of the Pac-12 seem very, very high. In fact, Arizona is plus 165 to reach the Final Four right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the third best odds currently in the entire country. Only 10 cents behind Kentucky at plus 155, and Gonzaga is in minus money at minus 115. But let's dive in to the Pac-12 a little bit further right now and some of the top prospects coming out of what Bill Walton would call the Conference of Champions. Again, Arizona plus 165 to reach the Final Four. The third best odds of all teams right now in Division I college basketball on the FanDuel Sportsbook. UCLA is plus 550 and USC is 17 to 1. You will see Oregon there at 30 to 1. And let's throw in the caveat. Right now, many bracketologists do not have the Ducks firmly in to the NCAA tournament. Part of that first four out group or maybe even next four out. But Oregon at 30 to 1. A preseason top 15 team that struggled mightily in the early portion of their season. And right now down the home stretch, 
also not playing all that well. Oregon has lost three of their last four games, but they did cover against Arizona two weekends ago as a 12-and-a-half-point underdog, and they beat UCLA outright last Thursday night at home in Eugene. They swept UCLA this year. They beat USC once earlier in the campaign, lost to the Trojans by only one point as a four-point home favorite on Saturday night. And when you look at Dana Altman, the head coach of the Oregon Ducks, and what he does when it gets to this portion of the calendar, he is very successful in the month of March. In the last four trips that Oregon has made to the NCAA tournament, the Ducks have reached at least the Sweet 16 with a Final Four appearance in 2017 and an Elite Eight the year before in 2016. Oregon was also in the Sweet 16 last year and ultimately lost to USC, who the Trojans advanced to the Elite Eight. Another man like Dana Altman, who is very good in the month of March, who is very good at handicapping college basketball. It is one of the sharpest in the industry. Bill Krakenberger joining the morning after once again on this Tuesday. Crack, great to have you on as we begin this month of madness known as March. And if you want more of the insight and expertise you are about to hear over the next couple of minutes or so here in the morning after, make sure to follow the Crack Wins app as well. Crack, happy March to you. It's a wonderful time in college basketball. Well, you know, I, uh, um, I'm always very transparent and very open. You probably won't have another guest on the show that will be as transparent as this. Thank God March is here because I had a bad February. So um, mm. it happens sometimes. Some of the sharpest syndicates in the world uh, have, have had a losing February this year. Matter of fact, to be real blunt, I don't know anyone that's sharp that has beaten February basketball this particular year. That's how tough it's been. So, um, you know, it's a it's a tough time um, for, for us. But, you know, for the season, I'm still winning. But I hate to give back so many units. They give back 12 units in February. And that's just – that's terrible. It really is. So, um, a rare losing month, but it happens. Uh, like I said in the beginning, and very transparent to have someone come on and talk like that. And it's just part of right. the business. I, I get it. Uh, look forward so much to these conference tournaments and, of course, uh, March Madness, uh, especially the, the first round. And uh, I'll even bet into the second round. And occasionally I will play later round, have a player or two. But my uh, wheelhouse for games really comes out. Um, that first round uh, is really uh, an important round to me. But even now, here we are, March 1st. The next two weeks, there will be some great opportunities too. Um, you know, something I was thinking about before air, and I, before I came on air, and I said, you know what, I should give your guys, if you could just take a screenshot, or if you, you can old-fashioned hand pencil, pencil and paper, write down the overnight lines, and I want you to mm. track Circa in Vegas. I want you to track the openers, the, the places that open the lines. That believe it or not, the FanDuel, FanDuel's of the world, so FanDuel, Circa. I want you to, to write down the sharp lines, the openers now. Um, and then towards game time, I want you to see where that line goes. And the reason why I say this is um, to the dismay probably of a lot of uh, – a couple, a couple of wise guy groups. There's some manipulating going on overnights. So uh, I want you to see where that's at. I'm not going to give you every uh, key to the city here, but I want you to look at the lines, do your own homework here. Um, there is some manipulation going on overnights. And in other words, what that means for anyone who doesn't know, 
someone will bet the key books that open up the lines the wrong way purposely and, 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 and intentfully. Um, the reason why is because they know when the full market opens and, you know, they can bet that at 10 to 20 different places, they'll bet the right way. But they're hoping that the wrong way uh, was 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 copied by all the other sports books. So I notice it happening a lot. So um, that's just something that your guys can look for. Uh, I, th- I yeah. think overnight lines um, is, 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 listen, like I said, the the, uh, the average public, their bet is less than 100 bucks. So overnight lines, really, if you're a sharp guy and you could see the way some lines are going and you know what's, what is not and what is being manipulated, uh, you, there's opportunities there for sure. But again, I don't really don't want to give away everything. Um, yeah. But there is some some really good opportunities. I just I noticed it uh, probably about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and I'm seeing a lot, seeing it on totals even a lot of uh, col- some college totals. So, Eric, just, just a little something for you guys. Listen, crack. We appreciate any of the knowledge that you share with us here, and I think for casual sports betters, especially trying to get invested right now in college basketball in the month of March, it's not always just about how these two teams match up against each other on the court. Astute handicapping also has to do with some of that market movement and market manipulation that we will see for lines in spreads. Now, crack. I know a lot of your time is spent in those mid-major conferences that are getting underway with conference tournaments. But in this final week of the regular season, a lot of focus will be on Duke's Mike Krzyzewski. His final week of the regular season in the final week of his career or the final season of his career as the head coach of Duke men's basketball. A huge game on Saturday at home against North Carolina. But before that, a road trip tonight, Crack, to Pittsburgh where Duke is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It would seem to be what the public would describe as a trap game. Crack, do you believe in the idea of a trap game? Well, you know, I think on, on Saturday, I think the line, they, they were laying seven points, and they easily covered this past week. I personally don't like playing the big names like the Dukes of the world and, you know, the, the any big any big name team, really. But, however... These kind of situations are very interesting. You don't know if they're looking ahead. And that's something that happens with the little schools and even the big schools. If they're looking ahead to that big old rival game of the Duke and UNC on the weekend. So um, maybe a spot for Pittsburgh here. I didn't bet that game per se, but um, I think it, it actually may be a spot here for uh you know that that the team like Duke or any any you know big team. These don't forget these are kids. These these are kids. These are you know twenty year old kids. So yeah. even though they have that great coach, um, Coach K, sometimes they could get themselves all pepped up and you know uh, the guys last year and um, you know you always got to check for senior night. There's a lot of other other factors that people don't look into sometimes um, right. for the game. It's not just what you see there in black and white. So. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't just think because it's, uh, it, you know, it's Coach K and it's his last season here, it's his last games, he's going to, you know, sweep the board here and, and win every game and cover. That's the reason why it's so many points on the road. Uh, I wouldn't be looking to, to lay it, that's for sure. But then again, like I said on Saturday, uh, I had a buddy of mine, that, that pretty sharp guy, and uh, he, he well, that was one of his plays, and he, he, he won um, pretty easy, so... Uh, it's it's yeah. not all what it seems, though. Make sure you, again, check those lines. 
look at look look now that's something situation I would look at the opener and look where it is now. Look where some of the sharper money is. A lot of the sharps really don't look to bet those type of teams. They're looking to bet like uh, the NJITs of the world. <laughs> yeah. So, Craig, that's a great point here because as the calendar flips to March, the regular season finales for the high major conferences, but the mid-major conference tournaments have already begun. We saw that last night in the NEC. Why do some of these sharpest bettors out there focus on mid-majors as opposed to maybe some of the blue bloods across college basketball? Well, you know, all these teams are uh, under a microscope, these bigger teams. And I shouldn't even say microscope. That's, that's the wrong word. They're on. They're constantly on the, the ESPNs and all. They're covered by so many different networks, whereas mm-hmm. the smaller schools, and that's my life, by the way. Again, talking about wheelhouse earlier, that's a wheelhouse for me, is – Going to those smaller schools and the, and, and the mid-majors and um, sticking away from the, the big uh, big coverage teams with the big-name coaches and even the big-name players that are going to go on to a professional NBA career uh, or at least, you know, make the draft. Um, I, I try to stick to the smaller schools that aren't covered. My guys really can get a better grip, uh, grip on them uh, compared to the, to, to the big-name schools. So that's just one reason, though. Um, there are other there there are other reasons also. Um, the Dukes of the world, since we're talking about that kind of game, those yeah. lines are so good. Those lines play out more towards the opening line or the closing line. Those lines play out more toward the book the bookmaking number um, at a bigger rate than let's say a, a smaller school. Like I just said earlier, I seen that that was a that was a lined game earlier. NJIT, but. So those those lines play out to be more true than the than mm-hmm. the, the, the smaller schools, if that makes any sense. Long term doesn't mean that that, that yeah. game these games won't land on the number. It just means that over the time, because there's so much information out there, the bookmakers can get those uh, games right. Yeah, you think you, know, you also, have good oh, information? Oh, go ahead, Craig. Yeah, we, only a couple yeah. seconds left, but go oh. ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll get I'll get you. Also. Um, if you're you're playing the the smaller schools, the smaller lines, don't forget this time of the year. Buy to the number. These games are coming down to the last second. Make sure you buy onto the number. Two, three, and five. Sorry. Great advice to finish it out. Bill Krakenberger, one of the sharpest in the industry. Always thank you for your time. We round out the morning after Thanks, on guys. this Tuesday. Up next here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This first day of March has been a ton of fun over these past three hours right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. I am thrilled to be here in the month of March. And as we round out the first show of this month of March, how could I give you anything but a college basketball best bet before we close out the show. And how could I, as Big Ten Ben, as we focus on college basketball in this month of March, give you anything but a Big Ten best bet to end things out today? Not Purdue laying three on the road in Madison against Wisconsin because I already have Purdue at plus 480 
to win the Big Ten Championship with a futures ticket I put in back in early January. We focus on Ann Arbor. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for our college basketball best bet to start off March. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Oh, it's an in-state showdown inside the Chrysler Center tonight. Two bitter foes. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Michigan State and Michigan. Two teams trying to find their way into the NCAA tournament. It seems like Sparty is in Michigan on the right side of the bubble right now. A quad one opportunity for both teams tonight. Michigan State getting four and a half on the road against Michigan. It's an intriguing line that has stood out to me all day long even in the overnight hours as well the spartans as an underdog this year four and four against the spread winning outright in three of those four as they did at home as a five-point underdog against purdue on saturday in the in, in east lansing the calendar goes as such january february Izzo, and then april michigan state getting four and a half tonight against Michigan because the Wolverines also just 7-12 and 12 against the spread as a favorite this year. The morning after, each and every weekday, right here on SportsGrid. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow and every day in March. <laughs>